Yo, yo, what the fuck's really good? Yo, yo, what the fuck is really good? It's our conversation with Betsy Brown. This one is insanely psychedelic to listen to now in 2022. Yeah, it's from like December 2020, I think. When we first watched Actors. Well and if you're listening ago. to this on Friday, February 18th, it will be unveiled for the first time in New York City. At the Roxy Cinema. To a two-hour, in two hours, sold-out crowd. You already know. You already know what the fuck it is. The power of Ion. The power of Betsy Brown. You're about to get a taste of the power of Betsy Brown. The so, power of the Brown Cinematic Universe, yeah, which will Brown be expanding. So true. You already know what the fuck it is. Also, for more, patreon.com slash the ion pack. You already know? Yeah. Grain. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Podcast. Let the creative people talk to the money people. Everybody needs Vaseline. He's embarrassing. Instagram. Page. I had Vaseline in plastic pouches. Ah. Rub Vaseline on the lid. You don't see a film and say, Joe Schmo did the fucking food. You are a creative. We get it. M. Night Shalomar. Left-wing politics. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. Discord. Very creative what you do. This is a film. Big shouts to gritty New York City. Beautiful girls. Beautiful girl. A relationship with a girl. Filmmaking. Filmmaking. Adderall. I don't even make movies. What, no Q&A? Mike Young sucks bad. As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. Podcast. Oh my god. Do you want me to do the flat? Oh. Finally. This is a dream come true. <laughs> Actually, though. We finally For got us too. Betsy Brown. Betsy Brown on the pod. Betsy I'm Brown, welcome to the Ion Pod. Welcome to our OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we watched your movie, Actors. Do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> no, tell them. Tell I'm, the heads. I'm Betsy Brown. Uh... I am a huge fan of the Ion Pod. I fucking love the Ion Pod, like actually. Uh, you guys are like my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually feel like during the pandemic, your conversations have like just really been very life-saving for me. Like they're so stimulating. And your friendship is really, I feel like it's like radically beautiful in a way that like is new. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I just like love all of, I feel like you guys are like tastemakers for me in a way that I love. Wow. You introduced me to David Lynch basically, which was kind of like embarrassing for me. (laughs) We're trying to introduce people to Betsy Brown. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you're the next taste that we're making. I was gonna make that joke too, but I was like, I don't know if <laughs> um, uh, but we watched your movie, and there's so much that we could say. There's um, a lot. It's first of all, it's insane heat, and um, it's called Actors. I don't know when anyone will be able to see it. Oh, okay. I have a question. Yeah. Well. Whatever. I, I don't know when anyone's going to be able to see it either yet, but we'll see what kind of life it has. But I am curious. I feel like, what do you like about the title? 
Well, the movie was originally called, am I allowed to say? What yeah. Was it, originally called? it was originally called Petrovac. And instead it's called Actors. And for me, the movie is like a perfect, perfect millennial investigation of the desire to translate self-obsession and career obsession uh, into an actual way to make a living. And also the way that bleeds over into the bond with your family and your brother um, and I think that that is something that characterizes actors. Like, I think the movie, the spirit and the heart of the movie is much more about that pursuit as is related to actors in general, rather than the character of Petrovac. Definitely. It, it like, de-centers that character in a way that I feel is sort of important and sort of, like, I also think that actors is a cool title for it because it's not yes it's very much about the specifically actors and like the struggle of feeling like an unsuccessful actor and but I also think it's like it can be read as like everyone is sort of wearing a mask and is sort of like playing the role of themselves yeah that's what I was going to say because the title for me was interesting because I think there's a blurred line between when the, that's the kind of the whole thing with those characters. It's, you can't, there's a blurred line of when they're acting and, and how much of their real identity is an act in pursuit of their career as actors. So it's, uh, yeah, I guess the idea that being an actor, uh, or, you know, pursuing any kind of, uh, professional creative interest is bleeds over into your real life and they kind of the line between the two gets blurred definitely yeah and it's touching for us too because like we know both you and peter pretty well mm -hmm. and i just feel like in the lineage of someone like Kave is a very honest very self-critical um portrait also done with a lot of love it's just like it's exactly the movie for me and i think for I'm number one over here, too. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that you bring up the love aspect of it because it actually just couldn't... Because we're dealing with some really, like, muddy and, like, poor behavior, uh, I think we were only able to, like, be transgressive together because our bond is so kind of, like, strong. Right. And there's a really intense like comfort that we have that sort of has to like be there if you're going to be going that like dark or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, I was very moved in the final scene, like everything, not that like you need the final scene to make the rest of the movie work, but like it really, everything crystallized, like the heart of the movie really. Which is the what's the final scene? Not don't don't maybe you don't need to give anything yeah, yeah, away, yeah. but like where is the final scene? Or well, I mean, I mean actually both. I mean, like I love the credit sequence also okay, with you and Peter. But okay, cool. I'm you actually, actually, oh, yeah, actually the final yeah. scene. I'm referring yeah. to the hospital hug. Yeah. Yeah. What we what we can beep that. That was that was. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I am like curious. Like, should I care? Like, I don't know. I'm. I don't know how to deal with like. I, I don't think you should care. I think you should have a zero. Uh, yeah, plan yeah. or expectation for the life something takes on. I think that's the only way to do it. Well, is that coming from you as someone who like mainly likes really mainstream, like likable? <laughs> you know, because you're always saying you always do say this thing that I like. Whenever you say it, I'm like. Damn, like I don't think I'm making movies for Ion number one. <laughs> no, I don't think I only like mainstream likable things. So I just what do think, you mean uh, by that comment then? Um, I think he's talking about like a pop sensibility, and like your movie definitely has like an accessible pop sensibility. No, I just I think um, the more I just mean to think the more you have an expectation for the life that a piece of work or whatever takes on, the more you're going to alienate yourself from it and. Um, yeah, that's really true. Yeah, and I think you should, like, if you start to get caught up in, uh, oh, should I not be doing this? Should I do it this way? Is this the, will it, will it be better received if I do it? I think that just kind of distorts the whole thing and, like, makes you lose your mind. I think you should just kind of do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, whatever happens, happens, and just let it rock. Yeah. I mean, that just feels so much more like my impulse but then there is this desire to like do something that gets recognized in in like a way you know mm -hmm. but like i also feel like i'm making things that also are like not that not right. well that's funny I, I don't think that i only like uh, mainstream stuff at all i just think i uh, you say it all the time yeah you well, do no, say I do, thank uh, you i'm I so think, glad you backed me up i i get very annoyed by the kind of uh, stigma for lack of a better word of kind of thinking critically about something that's, you know, poppy and mainstream. Because I think a lot of it is uh, extremely masterful. Okay, so you mean, like, it's not embarrassing to like something that is pop. And there's... Yeah, or not only is it not embarrassing, but I think uh, even when someone who has this kind of esoteric taste likes a pop thing, they're like, but that's my pop uh, favorite. That's kind of this other thing that has nothing to do with the things I really like. So you're talking right. about like people not making the separation. Exactly. Like you should, exactly. Art, um, exactly. You, know. you should just be able to think critically and think of it as, you know, high art or whatever. It shouldn't be this kind of separate thing. It's like, I love that, but that's my like pop. Well, I think that guilty exists pleasure. In, the con in the context of movies because movies really vary in how much they cost to make. So when people are railing against like Marvel movies, for example, it's like those movies cost a shitload of money and like have a lot more resources. So people are like looking at them in terms of like they are actually in a way different art forms. Like whereas your movie is made within means rather than, you know, you didn't have like a hundred million dollar budget to make actors. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's like there's a little bit of a different. I, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about in terms of like critical taste and people kind of. Yeah. Or thinking that, um, oh, I like this pop movie, but it's separate than my real taste. This right. is like when I'm in yeah. pop mode, I like this, but it's a different thing. It I, scratches right. a different itch. Exactly. And, I, and like having to apologize sort of for that yeah. itch is sort of. Stupid. Yeah. And kind of think of it as like a guilty pleasure or something. It's when I yeah. think it, they, it should be thought of in a, you know, critical way as much as any art film but i also Absolutely. i also really don't i actually don't like things like marvel movies i'm not into that kind of stuff at all but um well okay i from watching actors i i i don't he didn't but i detected maybe a little charlie kaufman influence i don't know what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of uh like being john malkovich meets uh monty python that was my takeaway from it. 
Well, one. And my point being is, I would consider that a mainstream movie. That's right. what I'm talking. That's the type of movie I'm talking about when I say mainstream. Monty Python or being John Malkovich? Being, being John Malkovich. Where it's not, it's not mainstream in the same way that like a Marvel movie is, but it's a, right. I would consider that a mainstream movie. It's a big indie. Yeah. John Malkovich. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In what way is it like that? The, um, I, it was, I think it was a lot in the editing style. It, I think the, the there's, logic of the editing was really hypnotic to me in the same way. There's something definitely psychedelic about like the logic of the movie. I wanted to ask you about like, cause I know that like the first front of the movie is stuff that you, I think shot before the actual like, production of the movie yes. and the decision to like leave that in. Or did you always want to incorporate that? Cause that was like stuff for, to raise money and stuff too, right? Some of the. Yeah. Well, yes, no, that was always part of the plan. Like the, the, movie intentionally goes from doc style like recreations of conversations i've had or things that i have done actually um i think all of them everything is that in a certain sense written into a script and then uh and then when like the big shift happens the like Bart comes in. Yeah, Bart yeah. came in to yeah. big shouts to Bart. Big shouts to big Bart. Big shouts to Bart. Bart Courtright. Yeah. DP extraordinaire. So good. Best in the biz. That so it becomes Chad in that moment. Um. <laughs> yeah, it does. It becomes Chad in that moment. What is it? What's the first act? <laughs> what's the first act? Yeah, like if if the second and third are Chad, what's the first? I guess it would be Beta. No, <laughs> virgin. No, it's uh, no. I wouldn't virgin. even consider that though. Uh, it's just yeah. It's more doc. It's more like it's just more doc. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like more millennial cave or something. Yeah, it's still totally. Chad, but it was like uh, Chad still had to hit the gym for a few more months. He's yeah. hitting the gym for the first act. Which he's, is st he's still a Chad. He's just not as, right. as beefed up. Which is ironic. Or he needs to put a little more makeup on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that that transition is ironic based off of the transition that happens in the film because when the movie becomes chad the character kind of reverses um becomes femboy femboy yeah you guys should watch the movie whenever you can um <laughs> at some point so what's your what is your plan with like can you talk about where you're where, how do you how do you feel yeah um such a good question thanks for asking <laughs> uh I don't know. I feel different all the time. I actually am really proud of the movie. I'm happy with how it came out. I like think Peter is incredible in it. And, uh, and I'm loving like hearing back from people, but I'm really nervous. I'm not going to get in anywhere. Anywhere. I think like, that's my new thought is that I just like, am going to be totally just gate capped i guess and so i'm like but then i'm like but is that like the movie that i made like should i just actually see the movie as like this thing that was sort of a fuck you to the female filmmaker friday thing anyway and like so why <laughs> would the people who made that up like take me and why do i so want true. them to take yeah. me like what is this desire for that kind of recognition i don't know so it's like i'm just dealing with the movie is a, so much about my is like grappling with my desire for like a, some sort of like artistic recognition 
but then I made this movie that is like hard, a very hard pill to swallow. So what does that mean? Yeah, it's a very ion movie. It I, is. As I was watching it, I was like, this is sort of like everything <laughs> that we want to roast and criticize. And I wonder like how that will affect like it's real world life in terms of, but hey, now I want recognition for me criticizing yeah. your thing. Wait, so what do you mean it's an Ion movie? It just like has like a, it has like a an energy to it that I think is comedic, I mean, darkly comedic and... Um, it's, it's cynical, but genuine. Yeah. It's yeah. like a love, it's like a cynical <laughs> love letter. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh, I'm so glad you guys felt the heart. Uh, it was huge, yeah. huge heart. I mean, the last scene, also like the montage of you and Andrew is like, <laughs> I was like basically crying. Oh, good. That's his song. He's a great musician. Oh, that's oh, a song. His he, song he, playing. He, he's great in it, by the way. Um, yeah. I, he was a he was a big standout for me. Um, that's awesome. Wait, what was it? Oh, yeah. But I think that's an important distinction is that it does feel um, maybe cynical. A cynical love letter, but the cynical, but it never feels bitter, mm. which I think is really good. Yeah. Because I am actually ultimately hopeful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it did feel uh, optimistic in a, in a weird way. The hope is definitely there. Because at the end of the day, I made the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did the thing. Right. Like, Betsy went on and made the movie because a lot of, a lot of, there was some, like, talk while making it of like does betsy like win in the end or whatever right. and it's like well maybe she doesn't necessarily win in the end in the movie but like betsy is ultimately me and i made this movie and i'm proud of it so. right well, and, that's, you and you want to win and i want to win yeah. <laughs> this is how i win um, this is how i win i think um well, because the cynicism feels very, you know, self, not maybe not deprecating, but self-analytical. Yes. As opposed to, uh, it doesn't feel cynical towards, you know, the world at large or something. Right. Which is why it doesn't feel bitter or kind of, uh, you know, angry, like maybe some kind of uh, cynically humorous things do. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it's looking down its nose in any way. It's very kind of self-reflexive. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm really glad that that came through. <sighs> Feels really so nice to hear you guys talk about it like this. We I really mean, did love it. We're not gassing I've, you. No, I, I believe you. You wouldn't. That's so boring to do that for this yeah. long. Like it, I would hate you guys. I know you guys. I believe. <laughs> yeah, we tell it like it is. Yeah, exactly. Truth tellers <laughs> over here. Anonymous truth tellers. Yeah, I am curious so about this anon thing. Yeah, being anonymous. I think. I did want to bring that up to you as well. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I do think it like, it's something I want to talk about with Kaveh too, because yeah. I think mm. attaching your own identity and image to like something where you're expressing your own opinions or art about things. Like I do think that in a way that can be a shield toward honesty and that anonymity in a way allows you to be a little bit freer in saying how you actually feel you can be so based on anon yeah yeah well, it's, it's acting in Freeing. a way right totally yeah yeah it's yeah it is performance but it is but the best kind of performance is when you're uncovering a real truth and i feel like that's what you can do when you put on a mask which is like an anonymous thing yeah yeah because it's something i do like about the pod in general is that it, people get an optimistic vibe from it and it's uh you know relatable 
and Definitely. a positive thing. Oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> yeah. But I, and uh, yeah, I was thinking about that in, in relation to w- watching Kave recently and, and thinking about the kind of radical honesty thing. Yes. I was like, wow, is being anonymous kind of anti-radical honesty? But no, I don't think, I, the more I thought about it, I don't think they're incompatible. I definitely think you have to acknowledge a, sen- a sort of fear to be fully truthful when you are taking on an anonymous mask because, or else you would just do it. Do it. Yeah. Like there, but inherent in acknowledging that fear comes like this freedom that is almost like defying of like your body, the way you're, the way other people like perceive exactly. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, identity is like the, is to me, the, the, the enemy of a lot of art at the moment. Like things oh can God, be yes. very identity obsessed and it's nice to just kind of engage with ideas or creations with, without that context quite as much. Yeah. And even like, um, I feel like you can say very specific things about yourself, even about your identity, like being like a femme top, right. you know, like you can say that and then, but everyone will like project onto that statement, whatever they want to say, whatever they want to see, kind of like what Trevor said, which is really like, Rocking my world, I love him. <laughs> I oh, yeah. want to big shouts to Trevor Muse. Yeah, Trevor. big shouts. I'm I'm like in love with him. I'm like so attracted to him from your pod. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I was like, oh damn, like let Trevor know. Yeah, I, I, maybe, I know. maybe we'll watch. <laughs> I love you, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> That's I the wish. clip. That's yeah. the IG clip. We'll <laughs> yeah, but what did he say? Oh, he was just like, basically in your pod, he was like, when you make something, you invite other people to project whatever they want to onto it. And that's theirs, though. It's not the, it's not, Yeah. it's not that you don't own that. And like, it's not actually the piece of art. But I think it's fun when you're anonymous to sort of like, play with what you do and don't own in terms of like saying what things about yourself. Does this make any sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, well, that's another, I think the main problem with the uh, like identity obsession and how it affects art is that um, people want to indulge it because it is topical and it, um, maybe they convince themselves that it's relatable like all these other people who identify and like me are going to relate to this but i don't think nine times out of ten you know really identity-based works of art come across that way i think they come across as like narcissistic and completely unrelatable at all um and it kind of projects an air of wanting to be relatable but doesn't have any kind of relatable substance at all and i feel like uh, actors is quite analytical of that like that was kind of something I got from it that it was kind of critiquing the narcissism of you know an identity based art pursuit or or whatever 
but yeah. but also it was kind of sympathetic in a way that uh, it kind of portrayed the the world at large and how you kind of had to take on this narcissism where you were going to starve. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's so like it if you want to play this game, yeah, you better play this game in this way. You know, like he, there's definitely. Yeah, even though the movie is very obsessed with identity, it it comes off to me as anti-identity in a way, but while still being true to a theme that's very personal to you. Like, it pulls something off that is very admirable. I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like, oh my God, like, wow, I'm... This is so what you wanted well, to hear. Because <laughs> I, and I think this was kind of what I was trying to say earlier, maybe is a better way to say it, is that it was... Uh, it was sympathetic to its narcissistic characters. Because it was Absolutely, saying that they're yeah. kind of what <laughs> I got from it was these characters are forced to be narcissists because they're they can't do anything otherwise. It's the way the whole industry operates is they have mm -hmm. to become narcissists. Yeah. You have to sell your identity in order to like that is the name of the game right now. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so and like what how it's just so non specific. Um often. That's so why you gotta go dark mode. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta put the invisible cloak on. No, I think I think you 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 made a personal movie in a way that is is very hard to do without being easily criticized or not having a heart or just making something to get clicks or something. Like it feels like because there there obviously is an element to your movie that could feel gimmicky mm -hmm. uh, before watching the movie and. That was why I like the In title In what way gimmicky? What do you mean? About a transition. Like, like the, the transition. Like if, you, like if you just heard about, if you just heard the elevator pitch of what the movie is about, you could think that it would be a gimmick, I think is what you mean. Yeah, that there yeah. was like a, a an attention grab for... Right, you're sort of using yeah. this like identity to like get you attention. Right. You're and using the trans, this transition exactly. thing. Yeah. But watching the movie that really is just like an element of the narrative that and is, it's commenting on that exact thing because that's what yeah. peter is openly what's he, doing. What he's doing right but it does get complicated i think for people i think it'll will it will be a very hard pill to swallow because of that but that's um, why the title change is good and also if anybody if people watch the movie it's clear like it clearly <laughs> transcends that yeah there's, i wouldn't even call it a gimmick but it transcends that narrative element yeah there's because I, I, I mean i don't think it i think you know maybe someone would uh, worry that it was uh commenting on trans issues or something but i i didn't think so at all i think uh, it was just using you know the idea of transitioning as kind of a vehicle for Pete Petra's uh, further alienation from themselves the more they pursue this uh, art career. That was right. It was the, he, he was forced to become Petra more or less because and it was in his mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it was <laughs> alienating him from himself even more. It was like yeah. this further split. So we could throw away this evil identity of cis white male. Yeah, and was looking at that as some type of uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys have said enough. 
that we're black. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I love being black. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so fun? <laughs> um, Someone said we were the Wachowski sisters the other day. And I was like, yeah, there, yes, you are. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Put up your cash app and do that. Yeah. You should. No, I mean, that's really why we're anonymous. It's so that any people can think we're anything but cis white men. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, <laughs> when did you guys start this? What year? I mean, it does make sense. It's self-hating, self-hating yeah, cis same white men. started your movie, yeah. I think. Same time. Yeah, that was, that's such a thing. I mean, I did, when writing the movie, like, have so many conversations with white, straight guys who were like, it fucking sucks out here. <laughs> like, and yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that is all. But the, but yeah, I think that's more of what I'm saying about the problem with mapping identity onto everything is like it's the most uh, polarizing. Uh, it, it makes everyone of any identity turn in on themselves and and feel further alienated from anyone who isn't exactly like them. Yeah. It's, I do wonder if it like requires the requirement of identity politics might require like the exclusion of like a scapegoat of yeah. that is one of the identities. Well, it's also right. uh, it's uh, the thing with identity politics is it's more more separatist than like right, exactly. racists. <laughs> like that's what like racists say is like races are like inherently different and like one is better than the other, right? But like this obsession with identity politics it's basically saying the same thing. Maybe it's not saying right. one. It, it, well, I guess it's not saying one is better. That's the whole point. But it's separating them as these completely kind of incompatible other things that are, that you can never fully understand in this way. So you shouldn't even touch it. It just it creates such a divide, even more so than racists do. And isn't the, like it seems like to be very counterintuitive to kind of combating some kind of problem of you know racism or. Uh, transphobia or whatever these things you know what I mean yeah I think I think I know what you mean and I think it's just I feel like when people talk about identity politics it does just like elicit this feeling of like so who's what is the rank like it's like what is yeah. the order what's the hierarchy and like, it's, it can, just makes you feel like you could like uh it, it sells this narrative of you basically can't relate to people who aren't all the boxes that you right are. exactly yeah that's you, what it, i mean by it's more separatist than yeah than totally yeah. it's like this thing is only for yeah my audience is only like cis white dudes yeah exactly it's uh <laughs> yeah. um but maybe that's true <laughs> who knows <laughs> did peter did, did peter actually go through this no <laughs> oh did this happen God. online did I, what happened I, well, online? I was wondering when you were filming like the you know master of come element to the movie i was like did any of this actually take place publicly on instagram um one of his lives did mm -hmm. uh and the memes are all from his instagram account right. and they're all yeah so were those born out of like peter was doing that or was it oh, oh, part of oh, the movie oh my god and also oh wow <laughs> uh yeah no he made a lot of memes for the movie right yeah so the stuff that we see in the movie is with the movie in mind rather than... Yes, I directed him to make, like, can you please make these memes? So you're directing memes at this point. Yes, I was, yeah, for a lot of the quarantine, we were, it was so, honestly, so fun. Um, because the internet parts were the last parts to 
be put in the movie and mm -hmm. it was just really cool to like work with peter in that way because he's so good at making memes and so prolific like he sent me millions of memes because i want millions. i need to like, <laughs> no, probably not probably not millions but a lot of memes if and anyone could make millions of memes it's it's, it's, yeah, yeah i loved how you guys were like it was actually super interesting for me to hear that he is like the most the person who like you you think of interacts uh the most with instagram oh, out of like anyone that you know yeah. like i definitely see that being true but it's like crazy to hear it from his friends too oh yeah well just like you can't i can't go on instagram and look at any page or any post that he without hasn't having, liked. yeah he's liked everything You're so like i actually i think i take that fact for sort of granted because i'm like oh there's like peter again i'm right. just like okay. yeah no i but mean like, i uh i i literally i would like uh meet a girl who has nothing to do with anyone that I know on Tinder or something. Zero mutual friends, no, not even followed close. Followed by the master. Not even followed, just, just lots liked. of pictures liked. Yeah. Oh, that's Always. Interesting. It's Ooh, happened so many times. Peter. No, it's incredible. No, it's great. It's a, it's, he's, it's a, part of the he's a picture liker. Exactly. It it's is. part of the yeah. character. It's the master of Yeah, it's a, a genius. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, it is. Like, if that's what. That's like the cum. Like, it's weird to say, but he's spreading his seed all it across. Is so true. <laughs> I know. So. I'm jealous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. How do so. you feel about Peter's movie? Because I, I, you know, there are about some assholes? about assholes. I love assholes. No, I assume you, you love. I mean, you say that actually in your movie, you're talking about assholes. Yeah, right. I say I love it, and you're like, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I just see a lot of parallels. Like the the movies remind. I'm so me inspired of, by assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, our work is just like so deeply in conversation with each other. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge. That's like not that's important to me um yeah i love assholes i'm so inspired by it i think like the whole like i don't know if i would have been able to, or i'm not sure if i would have like come up with the idea to like do one half of or one part of the movie one way and then like do it do like a completely different thing in the next like third two thirds or something that feels like very assholes starting out mumblecore and then getting like genre or whatever right. and yeah i love assholes what do you guys think of assholes uh, oh you haven't seen it i haven't seen it i love oh, it sorry okay. sorry that's Peter. okay yeah what the fuck you <laughs> still haven't watched assholes i know do you is there a part of you that doesn't isn't appeal like it's no, not no, appealing? I, I don't know why i haven't i don't know are you sure no i'm i'm completely i don't know why i literally don't know why it's why do you, you think why do i think oh Oh. <laughs> Why do I think that <laughs> hasn't watched assholes? Because he's watching YouTube videos about like audio gear and like listening yeah, to true he's crime a nerd. podcasts. Oh, you're a true crime! No one that makes no, I actually, so much sense. I actually sense. don't listen to true crime. I yes, don't you to do. Come yes, on, you do. You do. No, 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 you do. you no, love no. it. Missing four one one. I like. Uh, um, well, it's, I, what I like actually like is way nerdier than, than true crime. But oh, I sure. actually don't listen to true crime. Wait, what is it? Is it the YouTube? I listen to like uh, uh, mystery and uh, paranormal stuff a lot. Yeah. Oh, paranormal. That's not nerdier. That's way nerdier. That's sicker. That's so much. I mean, I think so. I, that's what I listen to. <laughs> that's I, more. Like, that's uh, like more unique. You can sort of like. 
assume a lot of things about people who like true crime stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, I like true crime. I like I, I enjoy when I hear a good true crime, but I'm, I'm not like into it. What can you yeah. assume about them? Well, I think I'm just I'm just projecting on my yeah. Andrew. My boyfriend loves true crime, so I'm like that means this, this, and this. <laughs> As soon as I said that, I was like, God, I have to just like come clean because if Andrew listens to this, he can't be like, that was mean. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big shouts to Andrew. Big shouts. Hugest shouts. Really true. <laughs> true guy for real. He is. What have you, what have you been watching, watching and listening watching. to? Um, watching. Watching. That's good. That's sick. Sickening. Um, I honestly have been watching a shitload of RuPaul's Drag Race. Sick. Uh, which is really unlike me because I never watch. I feel like I'm like sort of a snob, but I think drag is like the most incredible thing. And Ru RuPaul, I've been like so depressed, you guys. So I haven't really. Big same. Yeah. I, it, this part of the pandemic has just been really hard. And and I think waiting on on whatever festivals is yeah so hard but like i don't know so i haven't been like watching anything i've just been watching rupaul because it's comforting i i <laughs> i see a drag influence in actors for sure but i only just started which is why it's so weird because i also see one i'm like yeah. oh this makes a lot of sense it's like yeah but yeah i only just discovered it because my friends ryan and meg who i love told me to watch Dragula, which is like the dark version of drag. It's like blood and guts and very, it's just like incredible and mm -hmm. beautiful and takes so much artistry. And I was like, wow, this is like the kind of competition show that I'm so into. Right. Yeah. Were you watching like any Kabe before uh, making the movie? Like what movies were you watching before you decided to make the movie? Before? I decided to make the movie. Was there an impetus? Because there's a line in the movie that's like, you haven't made your first feature yet. Yeah, which yeah. Which I love. <laughs> um, but did you feel that oh, your, that pressure yourself? And was there anything that pushed you to like actually make this? Definitely. Well, at, oh, it's, yes. I had the idea to make this movie at South By when we were there for Assholes because I was... On the red carpet. <laughs> I was on the red carpet for assholes. No, I was like pushed off the red carpet for assholes. And I was like, damn, like this is so interesting. This is the first time I'm feeling like sort of competitive with Peter in this way that I don't like at all, which is like, it feels so bad. Why is it that because we're both actors, filmmakers, like we've been in competition sort of for a while and he's been winning, like why have I not been like flipped out with jealousy before and it sort of did just make me think because he's a guy and i was like well what if that wasn't true either right. yeah and so if he was your older sister yeah what yeah. if he was my older sister that would like really suck i would hate it it would yeah. be horrible i would feel like a loser well the competition would feel, would feel yeah maybe worse way worse yeah. i don't even often i just feel like so proud of him and like on his team like and i know that like i know that we just are on the same team but it is sort of hard because he is definitely more known than me and it we are doing the same exact thing <laughs> so it's like, well maybe not for long once this comes up <laughs> that's his worst nightmare though also so for you to, <laughs> for you to eclipse him somebody said <laughs> my friend jillian watched the movie and 
she was like, I really believe Peter when he said that you are a better artist than him. But he also said it in a way that was communicating, but I'm always going to be the famous one, which really I've, feels so yeah, true. I felt that for sure. Yeah, I hadn't really, I like feel like she said that in a way that just was so spot on. I felt, yeah, when he said that, you can tell that he really does mean it. But it is with this backdrop of, of like, however. But, yeah, but I'm, but I'm like, just, I have the, it, I have that thing that you just don't. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't think that that's true. I also don't even necessarily know if, if it's because he's a guy. Like, I don't think it's gendered. I, uh, I don't know if it's gendered either, really. But it was like, I think in 2017, there was so much talk about being, you know, boys and girls like gender just became the biggest right. thing like i really also did get hugely into reading um about gender and and like trans i was like obsessed with the argonauts by maggie nelson which is about a, a couple one of them is pregnant and the other one is getting is like going through his transition and right. so I was like, whoa, like, that's so sick. <laughs> yeah. Let me do, let me take that. But I think like that in like placed onto two like s cis people who are just doing it for clout yeah. is very different. <laughs> well, the, thing, but the, the thing that I like about that as a theme in actors is that it has this uh, Kafka-esque twist, right? Uh, to the idea of like the hidden transitioning in the movie is this very um, psychedelic, like it's like the metamorphosis to me. It's very kind of dark and uh, uh, it does it doesn't feel as as rooted in a kind of cultural narrative totally. as uh, as you would expect if you heard just the kind of synopsis. Right of the film. by the end of the movie, you know right. that you're what you're watching is actually not based in reality yeah. we're in a different world yeah i think that's what i meant by a charlie kaufman Kaufman's, influence yeah, yeah. yeah. is this kind of kafka-esque uh okay yeah that makes so um, much sense the being john malkovich reference now yeah. does make is perfectly you yeah they, they're going into another person's little yeah exactly body. yeah yeah to me i mean no that's a great that now it, that has crystallized to me me too yeah. I, when you totally said it i was sense. like no, but, no, really. I was, I, yeah, that was a, that was my first thought. But uh, that's interesting. Was, uh, yeah. To me, my first thought was like, this is if Kabe expanded one of his documentary pieces into like bleeding into fiction, which like I would love to see him do. Same. And now Betsy did it. That's so did it. sick. But but, but and, and also in addition to that, with the you know Kafkaesque uh, being John Malkovich comparison, it also seemed like the world was devolving into this kind of scary psychedelic landscape around the main character your character yeah uh in the same way that something like being john malkovich does it Definitely. was like uh, this one character just trying to reach the end and the world is kind of devolving around her that's so sick <laughs> ah, that's so sick did you talk with bart about like the look because uh, there is like sort of a bizarre even though like the production value of just like the way the footage looks and the sets and um everywhere you're shooting is you know elevated from the former part of the movie did you talk to him about like the lighting is like a little bizarre like there is something yeah we talked a lot nightmarish definitely <laughs> thank you i really that is it is nightmare fully welcome to my living nightmare 
I'm confused. But is that your apartment that you're on the computer in when you're taking the like? That was of, our apartment. It right. was Andrew lived there for six years, and I lived there for a year and a half. And it's like also Lace Crater. That have you seen Lace Crater? No. There's Natkins. I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that I was shot tiff, there, right? and so it's like it's a movie location. You're right. Um, and I love it there. It's beautiful. The there, it's like perfect for the movie. I think the bathtub. Yes. <laughs> I love the moment where you're like going to climb into the bathtub and then you don't. You're like on the phone. And, Sick. Wait, know. when? It's like a really random moment, but you're like on the phone with your friend and you're like, I just feel crazy. Yeah, yeah. I want to like, it's when the baby's gone. Oh, the crib. Oh, the crib. I'm sorry, not the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in the bathtub when you call my parents. Your parents. Yeah, but right, on, right. on the phone no, with I my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The crib. I, yeah. Oh my God, I love that moment that you're talking about too. It's like, it's, she says like, I'm gonna get, I'm like, I'm in the crib because that's the only time where I feel good. But yeah. really like, I'm not actually in the crib. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. You're telling her that you've been in the crib. It's just like such a, that's so something that happens when you're on the phone with somebody and yes. you're, you're narrativizing your own like scenario right totally. then and it's not actually happening. A hundred percent. Like when yeah. you say LOL to somebody, you say like, I'm laughing and you're not laughing. It's like the same <laughs> yeah. sort of like weird, like phone white lie where it's just yeah. like spiritually just, I am. It makes more sense to just say that you're in the crib because it's that's where you're about to be. It's kind of more true than the truth. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just want to say the co about Kave, like, I am so inspired by Kaveh. I don't think, I'm not sure, I feel like seeing his movies allowed me to do, to make this. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's like, I feel like I like, fell in love with him through the process of making the movie. Yeah. I can't believe, like I want to, I would really want to meet him and, and show him the movie and I, I want to know what he thinks and like I'm so, but I'm also scared. I'll make that happen. I know. I like <laughs> want to ask you to make it happen. And I, I like, re I'm desperate to take one of his classes. They're the, well, yeah, they're the best people know. Um, yeah, yeah no, but you I think, said. I think what you're, what'd you say? You said that you've, yeah, yeah I was just thinking, that. I was like, I wonder if I, can you like, uh, you can audit. Aud yeah. Can yeah. you though? You can. I was wondering I've, that. I think I did audit after I yeah, studied you, with him. But if you're not enrolled in school. Some you can do that in some yeah. schools. I mean, you could be like, you could like get a job as his assistant, which he's offered me. And I was like, and I was like, is it worth it? And he was like, honestly, no. We want to play it all. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's not worth he is, it. It's definitely not worth it. <laughs> 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 he was like, just if you need money. And I was just like, uh, well, how much is it? And then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> not enough. Um, well, because it's just like a lot of students. Like you're in charge of like 20 people and all their assignments, which does sound fun. But it was just like, that's basically what you're doing with your life then. If you take Yeah, definitely. Right. That's like a real actual job. Yeah, but I think what you said is true, where, like, watching Kaveh's stuff gave you the feeling of access to doing it yourself, yeah. which to me is, like, more powerful than, like, a big movie that might entertain a lot of people. These The smaller movies that have these bigger emotional impacts on people to inspire them to go do things, to me, like, that's the stuff. Like, that's art. Like, that's... Yeah. When you're inspiring somebody else to do something, then that's, to me, the biggest thing you can do. Kaveh is, like, so incredible i think your movie will be that as well mm. if people get the chance to see it yeah i know do you guys think people will get the chance to see it <laughs> well i also think that even if it had to just come out online yeah it uh, this movie definitely lends itself to being watched online no, you gotta screen totally it. You gotta screen i mean definitely but i mean what wait what did you say you gotta screen it 
Yeah. I mean, if no one else takes it, we're making our own film festival to premiere your thing. Oh, <laughs> like, fuck. Yes. Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would we've been, be we've sick. We've been talking to Lincoln Center. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually being serious. No, that's not a joke. Are you kidding me? No. Talking to Lincoln Center for like a screening? World exclusive. Next, The next World film exclusive? screening. The next yeah. time. What does that mean? The next time. No, like this is breaking news. Oh, um, breaking news. <laughs> yes. Breaking news. You got the like, little sound bite in here. Yeah, so true. <laughs> But yeah, um, next uh, when theaters open, exactly when, when films when open. film screening four happens. That's one day. so like hot. It is hot. <laughs> I mean, it it's is. just like kind of like what there needs to be the, an alternative to like New York shorts and the New York Film Festival and like uh, just like random vanity screenings that happen. And like, why York. wouldn't it be you guys? Like yeah. that just does make sense. And Your no, brand no lends itself. No anthology, yeah, because that's the vanity it screening. Has to that's be embarrassing. A, it has to either it be is. in the live room of a nightclub. <laughs> Like the first two, or at Lincoln Center. <laughs> Anything in between is. Wow. Yeah, True. there's there's True. a couple different venues at Lincoln Center, but just like the esteem of, because like that's what you don't get when you put on like a DIY screen that's like, oh, yeah. it's like at this place or something. Yeah. Like the real film festivals get this, like it's in the sixth spot. Yeah. So we're Absolutely. hopefully it works. I mean, I we'll probably will. only be able to do it once because they'll probably like not let us do it again yeah depending on what happens the first time but the first time will be legendary so. what do you think would happen the first time that would that would stop your relationship uh, just packers acting up yeah it's just, it's, it's just it gets too lit like it just yeah. they, they can't control us like they can't <laughs> yeah but you guys are all just no, online just, nerds yeah i know we're just nice people yeah, yeah. addicted to the internet um you definitely are at this point with ion oh. intellectuals. Yeah, we check ion intellectuals way too much. It's bad. It's funny when we, well, we, yeah, when we opened that account up for like the Discord people. It's a really good idea. We got really addicted to it though. Oh, yeah. Like just to the point where like we were actually feeling mentally, actually going mentally. I know, <laughs> I totally get it. No, yeah, we're, but yeah. we no. watched your movie that night. <laughs> and we had suddenly like Instagrams on the screen. And we were like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> also, when we were watching actors, we went and put our phones in a drawer in the other oh room. Oh my God, that's so cute. It's, it's because But you of couldn't escape it. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> we're like, there, Peter, is it? there's the master of coming yes. in. <laughs> <laughs> but oh it was, it honestly, was a cool uh, headspace to be in going into watching actors. Was Definitely. From, coming, from being immersed in ion intellectuals to watching actors. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It does feel like in the same world. Yeah, it has a manic vibe. Yeah, that's why we said very ion movie. How do a you very Ion movie. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. How do you Ion Pack presents. <laughs> if, if you'd let us. <laughs> How do you feel about being, like, pursuing being a director versus pursuing being an actor? Uh, I think they are in conversation with each other. Yeah. I feel like I really wish I had gotten into Critics Week because that would have been so lit. Um, I would have felt like the coolest person in the world. I actually would have felt... Like I eclipsed Peter if I was able to go to thing and thing. Am I right? You yeah. can say you can say stuff. Yeah. I mean, are we, yeah, we can I don't cut know. stuff out. Just yeah. speak freely, and then we'll decide. So, do you? We kind of touched on this, and this was like a, a point that I loved back with our good friend Eugene on the pod. Um, do you? Yeah. So, do you not? identify maybe primarily as an actor or director whatever you kind of see yourself as a person with uh something to say or just something you want to put out and whatever 
form it gets filtered through in that in whatever mood you're in is is the way to go and it's not you're not one primarily it's a tough question i mean it's it sort of is a little bit like riddled with some shame like i do feel like calling myself an actor is shameful uh (laughs) because it is one of the and i that's it just it does i hate this about myself like i wish i could be some of my friends who are like really proud actors who haven't gotten enough work and who aren't like who have never been on who have never like had a made money really acting i'm really proud of my of of the movies that i am in like i do love all of them which i think is actually so rare but it's fully true and like some of some things that like the thing the that have been least showcased are like my favorite ones but i do feel since like i was a young child trying to be an actress like i do feel like a failure in this way because it i didn't make the i didn't like do it in the thing in the way that i thought I was gonna do it you know what i mean right. like right. i am not on a tv show like i'm not but even I, even though like i actually don't think that that's fully what i want what i actually want is to be like punk rock like making <laughs> yeah. this kind of movie like i'm desperate to start a podcast with peter and now that i've said it on the oh, pod yeah, like it's gonna happen like it, it like I want to archive our relationship in yeah. many ways really and always yeah, yeah, yeah. possible. And I am like, I just want to create stuff. So ultimately that feels more real than calling myself an actor. But I do love acting and I really want to be right. an actor. But that's, but this is, this <laughs> is, it feels like desperate. No, I know? think this goes back yeah. to exactly what I said in the beginning about uh, the life that, like not having expectations about the life that the movie will take on. I think you, as soon as you can, uh, I mean, I only kind of am just getting past this with my own stuff yeah. for the first time in my life. I think once you can kind of get out of this trajectory you had in your head as a uh, young person with dreams or whatever, right. once you can get out of that trajectory, you realize um, that when you kind of let things take their course, you'll get fulfillment uh, more than you ever thought you could out of things that you never like different paths you never knew existed. I think you're absolutely 100% right. And I feel like I am learning that for sure. And the shame that comes with being like not in a TV show is actually just like sort of comes from like a deep childhood trauma thing like as opposed to like who i actually am which is like proud of myself for the work that i've been doing yeah yeah and uh, i mean uh, we never thought we would be podcasters exactly uh, but i actually do feel you know a a lot of uh, fulfillment from doing this i actually love doing it and uh and i also think it's it's incredible i didn't uh i never thought of podcasts as a kind of art form or whatever uh, before it so doing it, is. but it, especially in the kind of cave model of uh, mm-hmm. documentation and honesty and yes. um, uh, yeah, kind of documenting really raw, unrehearsed things and 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 uh, documenting how the person making them is reacting to it as it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like like a, a piece of work where the development of the person making the work is clear a in part the work. Of it. Exactly. Yes. I think uh, I think podcasting and this is kind of raw or whatever documentation is 
can be a very cave thing in that way. Totally. You're really letting the audience into the process aspect of making something. Yeah. Because the process of the podcast is the product as well. Yeah. Which yeah. is so fucking sick and actually so brave, I believe. That's, that's process art, yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Because you do have to sort of just let go. If you say something like retarded, then you said something retarded. And like it's saying like, the word like retarded. Like saying retarded, exactly. <laughs> like, <gasps> yeah. If you say something R-worded. Well, no, it's, uh, sometimes when I've, I don't listen back to every episode, but sometimes I've heard, listened to myself talk. I'm like, oh, wow, I was really not crushing it here. And yeah. I'm, I'm, but like, uh, that's cool. I don't know. I, uh, you know, you have this idea of yourself as some kind of a, uh, smart interesting person in your head and Definitely. and i kind of like not curating that it's like yeah. uh, but this is i was actually saying some bullshit here and uh and what whatever, was it about this interaction that made you feel the need to say some bullshit or like what were you yeah. what were you actually thinking there i mean that's a huge part of why i like making cave style work is that you get to a part of the process of making the movie is looking at yourself all the yeah, time and analyzing yeah. why you are the way you are around certain people and like what your relationships mean to you and what like these ideas mean to you and like how and I certainly was really embarrassed by some of my directory vibes and like it was cool to <laughs> it was cool to see that though because like that's what's so cool about making work is you get to like dig and dig deep into yourself well it's like when peter in your movie is looking at the stills from assholes <laughs> yeah. and he's like is this the reason that we made the movie yes. so that we could jerk off to these stills like, yeah. transcendent moment number yeah. one like, yeah, yeah i know oh my god i know that's the question in the like aspiring person's mind. One day I'll matter. Yeah, one, one day, day I'll, I'll matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that I was, think Peter he probably deals with that of, too. He de he does. He like deals. the thing that you are feeling about like Peter as a presence in your life, like he feels beyond that too. Like I think that feeling doesn't go away for a lot of people. What do you mean? Like, what exactly? Just like, do you mean? I could do more. I could be more. Oh my, my trajectory is, should have been different. He, right? But he is who I learn feeling this stuff from. Right. Literally. He is, I am copying him. He's that guy. By thinking that he's, that I'm a loser. And by thinking I couldn't, I'm not doing as much as I should be doing. Right. Or I'm not where I should be. Like, that is, right. even though Peter is the master of common and is an alpha dude or whatever, <laughs> like, he is also. In a TV show. He is also on <laughs> a TV show, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could still be on a TV show. Like, none of these dreams, I don't think... But I'm very bad at auditioning. I'm not... I don't have that. I mean, as you see in the... In the, uh, in the movie, like, it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just is. And I actually don't know how to do it. That is the thing. To I audition. Don't. I don't know how to audition. But he only needs to work once. It only needs to work once. Yeah, this, uh, this yeah, is like a true. thing that kind of blew my mind. It's uh, you, you think of getting some kind of success as like you, the way you're subconsciously, at least for me, thinking about success is oh, I have to impress all these festivals with my movie. I have to impress uh, all these critics with my record, or whatever. Right. But no, you actually can't. Ninety-nine out of a hundred of the critics could hate it. You just have to impress one of the critics, and then that. You know what I'm saying? When you start to think of it smaller like that, it becomes a little different to me. It's true. I and I think that that's so like the right mindset to have. Like, 
It actually, I mean, my move, my short film before this, Jigetsi Betsy, only got into one festival, and I was thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? that's what exactly. That's what exactly. You uh, you can do two hundred auditions next year, and uh, they could you could be their least favorite in uh, one hundred ninety nine of them. But if, yeah. if you get one, that's, that's and what it does really have to be so good, right for you. The part has to be so right for you. Like I do remember reading. Dasha and Maddie's script and being like oh this part is like perfect for me like I should play this role and I that's not how I feel about every role right. at all right. yeah. at all mostly I think oh I'm not right for this like it's going to be shameful yeah. for me to try so no, that feels right, right. For you. I mean like you obviously crushed that I don't know if we have to take this out I'll check after but yeah like, you that role is unreal thanks yeah it's so fun I also love the movie that's I think it's so sick. Yeah. yeah. I well, I also think um, another thing I want to say. I I think this uh, the kind of theme in actors of uh, yeah, but just kind of being openly like uh, one day I'll matter and this kind of uh, obsession or uh, desperation towards this. Uh, kind of being open about that attitude <laughs> is kind of uh, new. Yeah. I mean, think about even a few years ago, I mean, especially in New York, with New York artists or whatever, it's uh, everybody has this kind of self-defensive, uh, too cool for school, Definitely. irony, poisoned, uh, I don't care about anything, um, apathy, which uh, we both really hated. I think that was, oh, like, yeah. that was one of the first things we were like memeing about, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like that there's now maybe a kind of rejection of that because I've noticed too meeting artists in New York when you first meet someone even having a great conversation there's automatically this kind of defensiveness of like yeah I don't really care about that I don't and if you as soon as you break that down in one second you're like oh I I stop uh, I don't want to pretend that if I meet someone whose stuff I like I don't pretend I don't know who they are I'm like oh I really like your stuff it immediately breaks down some kind of wall and everyone's just like, oh, sick, we can like uh, be honest now. I, I think most people get so receptive to that and that feels like this thing that everybody wants to admit but is too afraid to admit or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like around some people scared to admit how much I like actually care. But I think right. that I think it is because of this vibe that I that I think I'm just honestly projecting onto them is like they that they don't care and like the cool thing isn't to care, but really everyone cares. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Everyone really cares. No, I think you're pretty earnest with how you communicate like your feelings about things just from knowing you the, the little bit that i know you you're very open and honest and that comes across in the work you're making as well which is rare thank you so nice yeah and uh, i uh, i think it's cool i, I do <laughs> i, I think do that's punk like punk <laughs> yeah, is like exactly saying, like i thought this was sick i think you're cool because i saw your exactly. thing like that's yeah, cool. that is punk rock and especially <laughs> as people who went to uh uh new york city art school Mm. Um, it's uh, the path that I see lots of uh, really a cynical hipster too cool for school irony poison I don't care people take is extremely depressing it's like the yeah. last life you would ever want they're just not happy they're beyond not happy it's it's so dark and it was uh, I, I see it happen to lots of people who I knew in my early 20s who uh, got too afraid to really try and admit to themselves that they really cared and mm -hmm. they have really sad lives and right. it's like do everything you can to avoid that well that's what it is though what you said ion number one it is fear 
that not allowing yourself to care about anything is about being afraid of what of what that means which is opening yourself to hurt Mm -hmm. and disappointment and it's so much easier to live life if nothing matters yeah um so but but you can still live life if nothing matters but have a different have the opposite spin on it like if it doesn't matter right then stop it. yeah like then uh, like let's go on the ion pod now even though i have no premiere right. or anything i'm <laughs> well, like we're talking I, about a movie that no one can see getting <laughs> getting kind of real here but in my mid-20s when i was at a very very low point and i thought like uh I, I don't know. I just felt very, like, truly hopeless. Like, mm-hmm. more so than when you were young and, de- like, sad. Yeah. It was like, I felt truly hopeless. And I was like, well, I might as well just fully try to do everything openly and kind of forcefully in a way that I was maybe too scared to. Because if I'm going to basically die, yes. I might as well try doing it the opposite way before I die. Then I can die if that doesn't work. Like, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that attitude really kind of uh, flipped me in a really good direction, I think. And I, How do you think you got to that? Like, I think if, from like hitting bottom emotionally. Right. Right. How did you know you were... Yeah, so I guess you just don't really... Yeah, it was... I just I think the idea of being... The, the feeling of being hope, like actually hopeless for the first time is like... Hopeless because we're all going to die. Yeah, or just uh, I didn't even know what I was looking for. I didn't have this kind of ambient hope in the horizon. I was like, I have no idea why I exist. It was this yeah. very like existential breakdown right. kind of thing. Yes. And I was like... Uh, well, if I actually am, if I succumb to this, then my only option is dying. And uh, if right. instead of that, I'll try something else. Because <laughs> if you're, you're going to die, you might as well life. try something else. You know right, what I mean? right, exactly. If we're going to die, might as well make the the living part really yeah. like polarizing. Exactly. There's a Portuguese poet, <laughs> Fer- Fernando Pessoa, and like that's his whole thing is that like hopelessness is the the most free place to operate from exactly that like once hope is eliminated that that's where the reservoir of power and energy to live life really comes exactly from. it's a big shouts to em siron the uh, i don't even know if i'm pronouncing right. the uh, <laughs> uh pessimistic philosopher um i don't know the exact quote but him talking about why philosophical pessimism is the most like positive force it's essentially that it's uh if you embrace uh, well, I, first of all, I don't really consider myself a pessimist, but I do agree with him on this point. In fact, I consider myself an optimist. Yeah. But I do agree with him on this point. If you kind of embrace um, hopelessness in this way, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a hugely positive effect. Right. Because he, and he was, uh, no, like his whole thing was talking about how uh, life was meaningless and he was like, a, it was like a, everything was chaos. Mm-hmm. And then people would say, well, then why don't you just kill yourself? Like, what are you talking about? And he would say, well, people ask me that all the time. Like, if everything's hopeless, should I just kill myself? And I say, like, what's the point of that? Like, right. uh, you're already alive. Like, just, well, like, yeah. you could just do it then. Like, there's no point in killing yourself. It's too late. You already exist and are um, miserably thrown into chaos. So <laughs> why would you kill yeah. yourself now? And I, I, that's uh, it's a darker way of saying it, was what I was trying to say. But uh, similar, why... Um, there's there's no point in there's some there's, just try something else if you feel hopeless there's uh yeah. you, you're not realizing how much you're blocking yourself off from this, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying 
Yeah, that's like the dark. I, I that I, I do think that that's a bright take, but it is sort of like a, a dark, the dark side of of what pessimist thought is. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't agree with. I'm. I don't. Uh, you know, subscribe to that, and I'm not this kind of. Uh, I don't believe everything is this horrible chaos. But uh, that is a. But a everything point is horrible like, chaos. Well, no. So going back to Pessoa for a second, his whole thing is like when he says hopelessness is like the most free place you can be. Mm-hmm. His antidote to that, because like that doesn't sound very good. Like hopelessness is like I don't want to be hopeless, um, but it's the idea that life is obviously inherently hopeless because we die. Right. So that, but it actually gives you access to being really grateful for having life, and he yes. places a big emphasis on like the the pleasure and the joy and the ecstasy of sensorial experiences in life mm-hmm. like when you're talking about like podcasting being process art like this in of itself feels good and that has value and meaning yes. making a movie with your brother has value and meaning and all of the emotions and senses sensations that came yeah from making things so that's really that's the freedom the freedom is from moment to moment and all the stuff that we're doing mm-hmm. Totally. And you're so right about the way that making things like actually like physically makes you feel so good. You know, like I'm like, oh, my God, like I actually do. You said that Kaveh says the moment you press record on the butt like camera or the audio, like the moment becomes heightened and it becomes a scene, a performance, but also like the true, most like sobering truth or whatever, like gets, we're trying, we're, well, all three of us are like actively trying to like get at the truth of what right we are all mm-hmm. feeling right now yeah. and we know that we're being recorded and we know that, that we're being filmed and like that feels also like physically for me very good yeah us too exactly yeah. <laughs> like uh the jordan peterson clip on on cell about being creative yeah what is yeah. it I didn't if uh, it. if you're a creative person you're like a tree bearing fruit you can suppress it but it's very bad for you <laughs> yeah heat yeah heat um insane heat. not to go too down this like self-helpy thing but uh <laughs> I, I think it uh i think it, it, it relates to your movie because it's about acting something that this kind of idea that i had is um that really kind of helped me is that if you have some kind of uh block or whatever and something you're trying to do uh the obvious if you want to get past it the instinct is to you know, get over it, learn how to move on from it. And I actually think a, a healthier way of thinking about it is don't get over it. Instead, pretend that you don't have it. For example, say, <laughs> say. I thought I was going to be really agreeing, but so far. Okay, so I'll, let me explain. So I'll do like a, I'll do a concrete example, I guess. Say you have stage fright okay. and you're a performer and you have to go on stage. Yeah you might think, how can I get over stage fright so that I no longer have stage fright? I think instead you should think, I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to act like me, everything about me, except I'm going to act like me who doesn't have stage fright. Right. Are you saying this from experience? Do you have stage fright? Um, no, not really. But the before stuff yes. jitters. But this, I think this is like a, I don't know, it's like a better uh, way to It's an example. Make it it's concrete. not you. It's not personal. Um, so you're saying to perform. Exactly. I think uh, if you, okay, so then you're on stage and instead of thinking about how to get over the stage fright, 
you're thinking I have a job right now which is to perform which is to act right like a me without stage right so I think that is how you actually kind of get past this stuff because uh, you will fake it learn, till you make it exactly yeah you'll learn that if you pretend that you don't have the problem that you're having you don't you can learn how to over that will make you overcome it yeah in the in that moment you're actually not having the problem exactly and it's slightly semantic i guess but it's uh i actually think it's a way better way to deal with things like that no it's definitely true it's like what you were talking about the other night was like i'm really actually do believe in manifesting things like yeah. the concept that, of that's manifestation really what it is, yeah. and manifesting the feelings that come with a reality that's different than yours like let's say you don't like your own reality and like you have all of the feelings that comp that that uh, make up that reality. Mm -hmm. If you are then summoning the feelings of like the opposite reality, which you want, that starts to bring that reality into existence. Definitely. Exactly. That's why if you think you're bad at auditions, right. instead of trying to get over that and be good at auditions, mm -hmm. make uh, your auditioning for this role. What you're actually doing is uh, playing a role of you auditioning for a role <laughs> who doesn't think you're bad at auditions. Yeah, you're fire at auditions. If yeah, you start, I know, exactly. I if, know, if, but if you, if you, I think <laughs> if you think that going into the audition, uh, at least in my experience, it will. It no, will do I much think more. you're. I really, actually, do think you're so right. I think it's like easier said than done. Well, with, for sure, for sure. With yeah, that's like the thing, though. I do believe that if I changed my attitude on auditioning, I would probably be booking more roles. I I think a hundred percent. But yeah, but I think more so than changing your attitude, act a role of you who's changed their attitude. Well, that's like to be honest, it's slightly confusing to me. But I bet you're. I bet like what you. So what you mean is when I shoot the audition, I'm actually shooting i'm actually playing betsy being good at audition exactly and yeah, so, all star like so insanely global globally famous right. actress you don't who have this every audition. exactly yeah. you don't have this thing in your head that's like uh no i gotta change my attitude about auditions you, you you can embrace i'm bad at auditions but there's something in front of that that's I'm pretending I'm good. I think I'm good at auditions. Right, because the narrative, my narrative is like, I'm bad at this thing. And like, I think there's subtext. I definitely don't bring that to set because I don't think I'm bad at acting. And, right. I've, and I consider thing like auditioning and acting to be two different beasts. And some people know how to do it. And Right. Yeah. Well, I guess I think... Uh, if you are trying, if you're trying to change your attitude about something, it more times than not just becomes suppression. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you embrace that you think you're bad at auditioning, but you're pretending that you think you're good at auditioning, you're not suppressing that you think you're bad at auditioning. Oh. And it actually opens things up in a, that's a different way. That's a key part of what you were saying that I didn't follow until yeah, just that's, now. Yeah, I, I wasn't explaining it the best, but I think no, I, I think essentially what it is is about like reverberating the energy of the type of person that you are attempting to be. Yeah. Like yeah. giving off that energy. Like when you, because like you have a, a, a meta narrative with yourself right now that I'm bad at auditions, which is not like an objective <laughs> yeah. fact. Right. Like you think you're a good actress. So yes. it wouldn't, that doesn't really line up with I'm bad at auditioning, but it's like, oh, maybe I just get the jitters or whatever. But if you're reverberating like I'm good at auditions, then you like 
so much of reality is people's impressions of you. And if the concept of an audition is like what the casting agent's impression of you is when you walk in the room. And if you walk in the room thinking... I'm that bad at auditions. They, they see that. That's sensed I know. from oh, moment 100%. Because totally. that's such an actor, a actor who's not booking roles thing to do is they can spot that like it's a piece of clothing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, exactly. And I think that's what this kind of suppression thing kind of amplifies. That's why if you're going into something that you feel bad about, you're like, no, 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 you got this. You got this. You're, it's actually good. That is, I think, suppressing this um, insecurity you have, which will come across. Yeah. That's why instead of thinking, I got this, I got this, you can be thinking, I don't got this at all. But instead, your goal is, I have to get uh, coming across like As, I do got this. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's, it's, definitely. It's that becomes subtle, a part different. of your role. Yeah, exactly. A part of your role when you turn on the press record is somebody who doesn't have these insecurities. You can you can pile the insecurities right back on the second that person exactly. you walk out the room right. or you press like non like stop recording. But once you press record, you are the version of yourself. You're playing a role that and that character believes they are insane heat at auditioning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you set up a new time. I mean, we're going to talk about this on a future pod, but like you set up, this is a little new agey, but you do set up a new timeline for yourself when you are acting things into existence or acting emotions into reality. That's like a so new timeline cool. builds with different opportunities and different life experiences. Right. Like you're on one right now based yeah. off of your feelings. And if yep. those feelings and actions change, it creates a new path that it is reflective of how you feel and act. Absolutely. I do feel like I like willed into my timeline like a narrative of competitiveness with Peter through making the movie. Exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. Like I definitely and many times while making the movie and probably will continue to feel this way because the movie is like now a part of me is I was like, damn, like I'm feeling like all these competitive ways that I never used to feel. And like, it's probably because I'm watching myself feel like a loser in the editing room <laughs> on screen nonstop. And like, that's the narrative that I'm feeding myself, which right. is like, but hopefully I made it so that I can like just let go of that. I want to like fictionalize it and shape it into like this, this thing that like is an expression of me but not me right so yeah it's just about deciding what you want do you want to get into one of these big festivals or do you want to be a punk queen and play the ion pack festival yeah. <laughs> but i also i also think it's uh not one or the other that's what i'm saying yeah it's i both. think uh you know trust the process it's literally yeah. just the uh yeah, it's like this day by day thing. I don't. I think the more you have a trajectory in mind, the worse you're gonna feel about something. Because you can even you can make the best thing that you humanly made, but if you have an idea, it's not gonna be that idea. Even if it's amazing, it's not gonna be the idea that you had. Uh, yeah. So it will not meet your expectations, even if it's amazing. Definitely. So you're kind of just setting yourself up for disappointment if you have too concrete of a trajectory in mind. Yeah. <clears throat> While making art, you definitely have to let go. You have to be fully present. And you and I'm having I feel like I know that so well with the actual act of making art. Like on set, Peter wouldn't say any of my lines, none. 
<laughs> and it was so upsetting. I was like, oh my God, I worked on this script and you're literally not saying any of my lines. But, and like, so everyone has to improv. Like, and he was just a nightmare. Like he was like sort of a nightmare to work with. But it was per because he was, it was perfect. He gave the performance that it, the movie needed and like not saying my lines was a gift. Yeah. But like, I would, I would only know that now right right and you and you had to trust that it it, yes. it would work out yeah and a lot of it is just like being like oh okay like rolling rolling with the punches and and just this thing of like not getting too attached to an idea of what you want your life to be yeah and that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a comedy thing too is that the process of oh making God. things is is in of itself holy and perfect absolutely i love when cave i love in uh i don't hate las vegas anymore when like it's like yeah we didn't have we didn't realize we weren't rec recording sound on this scene and so it's just like a silent scene or like the the tape is all fucked up and so it looks accidentally gorgeous yeah. and like whether well, the double exposure yeah that it's, is yeah. so insane it's like, like one that of the most transcendent things i've ever mm -hmm. seen and it's oh my it's perfect and like that really is cave is the person in my head who is like betsy trust the process trust the process like that is gold right do you like directing i'm curious Me? yeah um I only did it really once. <laughs> well, um, same. <laughs> and it was a very painful experience. But no, I think I do like it. Like, I think I can be good at it. Yeah, I feel um, like you would be a great director. Thanks. Even like when you were saying whatever you were saying, uh, when I thought, that, I had thought recently, I was like, I think Ion too would be a good director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that there's, um, I think I, I'm, I'm hyper aware of, how bad directors act and like right. i am maybe a little bit of a reaction to that like i'm i'm pretty like zen in terms of how i like try and make things and because i am a pretty in by nature controlling person but mm -hmm. i think like at becoming an adult has been a process of me learning to like let go of control and trust reality as it presents right. itself to me and just do my job to be on the right wavelength and receive and pay attention to signs and um yeah, go roll, not roll with the punches as much as like be aware of the universe around you and what it's telling you in any given moment. Which, while you're making a movie, is obviously maddening because it's like, but it needs to work out. It needs to finish and get into a festival and make right. me have another movie. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it, it does put you through the ringer. Like I felt close to you from afar because like I think we were making things sort of at the same time yeah. and going through a similar process of like finishing. It's so painful. It is very painful. But I think that there's like a lesson to be learned in that pain in that like having put ourselves through that now has toughened us up for something else that we don't know about yet. Like that entire thing was a lesson to get somewhere else and be stronger and be Definitely. more aware of how to do everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, are you, where, you said you haven't finished it, you mentioned. have not. Are you planning on it? We gotta or? put this out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're probably where you were at maybe a f like five, four or five months ago, where when you, like, I don't know, when you decided to get an editor. 
Yeah. But I think we're at that moment now where it's like we're too close to how right, we're editing yeah. it now. And I think the third person needs to enter the room finally. You definitely need, you need another pair of eyes. I feel like, and that's interesting with Kaveh too, of like he... Works with a million editors. Exactly. Like that is such an, I don't, I but, don't know if I could do that exactly, but, but there he's is... directing the edit. Like, he's editing the editing. Right. Like, he's like, he'll see what that person did and be like, I don't like that. I like what the other person did. Like, he's he's cross-referencing edits and to see what's working for him. Like, he's really still the editor. Yeah. Like, there's the concept of, like, the editor as themselves, their own artist. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're going to start from with a blank slate. But I think that kind everything. of thing is important. I think you get other hands on something and then um, that makes you as the creator of it see things you didn't see before exactly. and it becomes super clear that's yeah. like what kanye does that's like why kanye is exactly. great at making albums is like he puts like 20 different producers in a room and like listens to what everyone's doing and just takes the best shit. Oh, he's cool. a curator he's yeah. just, just like so that, cool. that beats fire this is fire yeah and uh that's a sick sample like it's about like I say, I've said this before, but like I do think making good art has something to do with having good taste, and that You're sounds like, super oh official. Yes, but it is, it's, it's true. No, but it's, it's, like, all, it's basically all about having good taste. No, but I this think. is a it is. like this is the thing I think about a lot because okay, I'm not a director, as you know, I've never made a movie. You um, would also be a great director, I think. I I would like no to lie. try it one day, but it's not something. Uh, but it's not something to, I I've really thought are. about in that it's way. Happening. It is, but uh, <laughs> it's not something I've thought. But I, I'm always jealous of people making movies because it, not for long. <laughs> well, yeah, don't be jealous. But uh, yeah. I think uh, I never, it sucks. In, even though <laughs> no, I it's think the best. Uh, it's the best. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but I was jealous of the communal aspect yeah. of it. I, oh I, my uh, god! I love, like I do when I make what I make. I'm pretty much the only person involved until the last stage, and I that's not out of a control freak thing it's not right. i don't want to be at yeah. all it just happened that way that's so how like andrew is too yeah. he makes music and he is such he live breathes he's like gets all of his energy from collaborating and being with people so it's really hard it, i can imagine it being incredibly like frustrating to be making art where it's like you have to be alone even when you don't exactly. want to Exactly. I, I never enjoyed it even until recently. I mean, actually, weirdly, Quar made it more <laughs> enjoyable to me because I didn't have this kind of ambient right. time constraint Pressure. coming yes. at, like, oh, I have work the next few days, oh so I God. won't be able to do... But I always looked at making things. It was just like, it was like vomiting. It was like, uh, mm -hmm. I have to, like, do, do it, do it, because you're going to feel so much better when it's over with. Absolutely. But I was not enjoying doing it at all. It was yeah. like uh -huh. uh, retching into the toilet, like... So when even in when the process over. of making the stuff, you felt like there was the retching aspect. Yeah, I like uh, I had zero enjoyment out of it. And it was what, uh, wait, so. Why is that though? I don't know. I think uh, probably a lot to do with what you were talking about. Of uh, one day I'll matter. It was like uh, oh, you're too focused like, uh, on that. Or maybe not even that extreme, but kind of like uh, trying to prove to myself that I could do it. Right. So mm. I, I, if I didn't like what I, what was coming up it uh, would kind of stress me out and like ruin my whole outlook on it, which then would make me be worse at it. You know what I mean? It just yeah, was this, totally. like negative feedback loop. Definitely. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think I've since gotten over that a lot. What helped you to get over? Um, not thinking about a trajectory. Yeah. 
Actually, no. I think uh, uh, focusing on the future is right. fucked. I was. Yeah. I had no expectation. For, I I lost my expectations of how it was going to turn out. Is that because Quar was like? That definitely helped a lot. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think, think we it also already... became more social in Quar because we started the fucking exactly. podcast. Exactly. Yeah, totally. That's like, yeah, so I cool. was. Well, that was. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was because I would work and days I like my day job. I mean. And one days when I wasn't at work, I was like, well, now's my time to like work on this thing. Yeah. So I was uh, not really a social being at all for a while before Quar. And, um, and yeah, it was this thing I was working on was just me alone. I had no one to bounce things off of really. And uh, I had no one to kind of, uh, not reinforcement, but you know what I mean? It's, uh, I think things are stronger when it's more than one person. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, but I think, yeah, I forced myself maybe to be more insular because it was if I, I felt like I was wasting time if I was doing mm-hmm. something that wasn't sitting alone and working on this thing. Oh my God. You're sounding like Peter. <laughs> <laughs> They're very similar, actually. Yeah. That, I think that they have definitely, a similar mentality. That sounded so much. It's like, that's why socializing took the back seat until you made your work socializing. Yeah. Which is so sick. I mean, it's yeah. a great way to socialize because you guys probably have like, as we were talking about, like heightened, more heightened, like the importance of the conversation is automatically heightened. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this idea of like wasting time if you're not doing your art is can be. I feel like you have to have like a bit of that for sure. Yeah. But well, you have to have discipline, and that's uh. But, Definitely. but getting so kind of extreme about it is not really discipline. It's like no. obsession. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also just a way, a sort of like, it's like a capitalist way to like hate your, allow yourself to hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also just thinking of things in terms of like uh, blocking out time uh, personally didn't work for me. Cause I'm not like a scheduled re- regimenter. It doesn't work for me it at all. It creates a lot of anxiety. Exactly. Like and once, uh, you know, once Quar happened and it was like uh, days and weeks, I did, two weeks went past and even noticed. It was like, uh, I thought it was amazing it, because it was, I would <laughs> have to think like, exist. oh, Friday I don't have to, anything to do. And uh, so I should, I should go see my friends because I haven't like talked to people in weeks. But, but no, that's like a waste of time. And then if I went out and saw people, it was like uh, the entire time, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and then another part of me was like, no, enjoy it. This is your, you know what I mean? And it was just yeah. like, I could never actually enjoy anything because I was always at war in my head about like uh, budgeting my time and energy. Doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's about striking a balance between the two, I think, being social and introverted. And well, yeah, because yeah, are you both, would you both say you're sort of introverted? I'm very introverted. Yeah. Like, I think oppositely to what you were saying, like the process of making a movie was difficult for me because I don't naturally enjoy working with other people. Right. I know, but it's it's actually really, what's, what's really interesting is I no, I would consider myself an extrovert probably, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm alone way more than you are. Yeah. That's (laughs) so interesting. Because I have to be with other people a lot of the time to do what I'm working on right which is not by choice it's just like the nature of the beast but it's like that was a painful thing for me at first now now having been slightly enlightened some like i i find i do derive pleasure from having people right but he uh, he kind of um ion number two gets uh you kind of get energized from 
separating from people. Yes. Yeah. Right, I'm, right. I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, uh, even on the most superficial level, I like, love... This is taking it out of me right now. <laughs> I, uh, I love crowds. I love, like, Same. physically, I like uh, yes. being around people and, and busyness. I like uh, being in the country gives me anxiety. You know what I mean? Like I, I, uh, I, I have like the opposite of social anxiety. Like socialness uh, makes me feel more grounded. Yeah. But uh, so you should be a filmmaker. But uh, yeah. I yeah. Know, but, but I. But yeah. Then I end up uh, working on this thing that's just me by myself, and I have no one to kind of bounce off. Wow, and that's, that's uh, fascinating. You guys are like the inverses of each other. Yeah, Why right. do you think you chose the things that made that like? made you go in or made you go out well <laughs> i don't know well you see i don't i masochism i yeah. don't identify as a one type of uh, artist or whatever i think maybe i could take on something else at some point i think like i was saying before i i do i maybe see myself as someone who uh likes putting things out into the world and it will take on different forms and one day and that that's okay and this is just the one that i happen to fall into i don't know why <laughs> yeah because we love both of those art forms I yeah guess. i guess that's what it yeah. is it's just like the love that you got you do love those art forms and that's what you got to do to do them yeah like why do you why are you interested in making movies or acting in them because <laughs> you love it yeah because i love it i really do and you think that uh you have something to say through it like yeah. you think uh or you or maybe you have something to say and that's the language or whatever that you is kind of innately in you to say it yeah yeah definitely. that's that's how i feel that makes sense for what you do for sure because like you it is sort of a different language yeah but but i think uh, more so than that language I like to communicate, so if I took on a different language, that would also be good. It's just, Definitely. this is the one that I Hence fell the into. the filmmaking, yeah. the yeah. imminent filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you said, yeah, totally. You said the lyrics are the things that you think, that you connect with most first. And Yeah, exactly. And uh, which is very, very much not the case for lots of Not me at people all. I yeah, yeah. I, I'd say most people I know. What about you? But with lyrics, yeah, um, I like lyrics, but yeah, as a some like an artist or whatever myself, it's not not what I'm drawn to. Like the mm -hmm. elements of cinema that I'm attracted to, I think are inherently musical. Like I, mm -hmm. I feel like a musician person trying to make a movie, which I yeah, think is a good place to operate from. Totally, right. because like music is like this ethereal, like feeling art form. It's like invisible and it moves you. And I like movies that do that to me. Like I, I. I tend like all, most of my favorite movies. I experience them in the same way that I do my favorite records or albums well, or music. I think it's a healthy thing to look at whatever it is you're making through a different lens than someone who makes the thing they're making. I think that's how you fall into kind of. Uh, uh, okay, for example, I was talking about this with someone last night. Someone was saying that they really didn't like a movie, but they. Uh, and, and they didn't even really like the actress performances, but they thought that this one scene, the acting was so good, it was technically really great acting, and it was really impressive to them as an actor. Mm -hmm. uh, and I totally feel that, but I was like, that's like if someone played me like a, a fish song, and was like, this yeah. guitar solo is so sick, like, don't you think this yeah. guitar solo, aren't you so impressed with the virtuosity of this guitar playing? Like, not really, because 
what's impressive about guitar playing to me is if it contributes to a good song. So if there's not a good song, it's not it's not doing what it's what the role it's supposed to be doing. So the kind of skill at this one thing, um, kind of uh, objectively, is meaningless if it's not contributing to a, a greater product, um, end product. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And and I think that if you look through look at what you're doing, whether it's making a film or acting, whatever, through the lens of a filmmaker or an actor, it's very easy to fall into that kind of thinking where you're uh, thinking kind of critical or objectively as someone who makes that. And I think it kind of takes away, it can, it can take away from the bigger picture and the kind of uh, objective of trying to communicate with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can start, you can like mindlessly follow the rules of filmmaking because like other people have been doing things this way but without like but like put on a different perspective and you can see a film in a totally different right way like with music like to think about filmmaking as a musical person just adds like your own rhythm to the film yeah, yeah exactly and uh, I, so well, I also think it's good yeah. to look at what you're doing as a as a fan and not as a, <laughs> a like a look at it as a if you're making a movie look at it as a fan of movies if you're making music look at it as a fan of music as opposed to a musician or a filmmaker you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah because it, it th- there is a big there's a big difference um th- there is kind of like an inherent visceral kind of emotional reaction you get to something that totally comes before any of your uh technical or cultural or historic knowledge of the art Definitely. That's where you're you're sort of talking about this like entertainment is important thing. Yeah. Um, but but I, think, I guess some fans of film could be like real cinema geeks. But, but I think it's 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 yeah. uh, I think it's maybe uh, more nuanced than just entertainment because it's uh, there's more happening in that visceral reaction. It's just uh, it, uh, it, it comes first and then thought after as mm-hmm. opposed to the other way around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you want art to be engaging. You want it to, yeah. like, engage the people that might be like-minded to you. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're talking about, like, the cinema geeks, it's like some some boring movie might really appeal to them. But, like, that's, that's nothing against them. Like, that's what resonates with them for yeah. whatever reason because they've been oversaturated with watching too much other shit. But, and if that's what you decide to make and it does resonate on their wavelength or whatever, then, then that's cool, too. But it's interesting you were saying before about filmmakers... And you were rewatching yourself kind of be in filmmaker director mode. Or like you said, like I saw myself oh, being yeah. kind of cringy director. Definitely. Because like that that's something that I'm like very like um repelled by. And like <laughs> I really like I don't I don't enjoy the environments of, of film sets for that reason. Meaning like they don't feel inherently like artistic or creative. They feel very like militaristic and sort of hierarchical or I like I imagine what you're referring to is like um barking out orders or being no controlling or it's more that i would do things like take like shoot too many takes like i'm like i did way too many takes of each thing and i like am and 
No, it's and like I maybe often people were like, well, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I like couldn't be clear. It's like maybe not necessarily the hierarchical aspect, but just like the way in which I fail. I like wasn't communicating clearly or like didn't have a distinct enough vision. I'm like I like see those moments and I'm like, damn, like I I'm not as good. You weren't being like a director. I wasn't being a good enough director. But sometimes like that was actually something I thought about myself with with our thing. Yeah, because when you watch the footage, you you hear like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah, like the constant thing was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And like, I think it's it's a powerful thing to be like not totally sure about what you're doing because I'm suspicious of people who are overly sure of themselves. That's true. Because there's there is no like there's no actual truth. Like the actual truth is in like kind of knowing that you don't know and trying to riff off of reality. Right. Putting faith in the moment. Yeah. Which is sort of what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like not staying too connected to your idea of anything because then you're not seeing what is in front of you. Yeah. Like that's sort of what I'm scared about in terms of the going into the process of like sharing the movie with people like i worry that some people actually just won't be able to see or i know i've i've experienced it already with feedback sessions of like people just not being able to see the film because of the things that it deals with and like the projections that people put onto this uh specific topic of like no that's not okay and like everything is bad now oh people have said that to you about your movie yeah like what was it was like a criticism or they're just like it's difficult for me to to even engage with the movie at all because of the themes just saying um I don't know. I don't even know if I want to give. It's like I don't feel like I need to give voice to these criticisms because they do feel like it's they're the, they're not even criticizing the movie. They're like just bringing their own baggage right. often Which to is the film. What a lot of that sort of criticism is a lot of the time. Yes, and it's like people's yeah. personal hangups. Mm-hmm. So. Like I got, I do, yeah. I I don't even know if I want to go into it because it's just like <laughs> no, I feel a, like giving voice to it just gives power. Yeah, and like does. what you guys say said about the movie just does ring so much more true. And I can say confidently that we'll, our opinion of the movie is the correct one, which is that <laughs> it's fucking awesome yeah. and worthwhile and worth people's time. And it's insane and heat. Insane heat, transcendent. <laughs> Actors by Betsy Brown. Look for it. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, all we have is like right now and like the feelings we have right now and how we react and, and deal with them. And like the the other stuff is icing, I think. Icing? Yeah. Creating a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm serious though. I think uh, the more you uh, kind of divorce yourself from um, thinking of how it should be done, the better it becomes. I think uh, there's a lot of, we were talking, I can't remember if this was on the pod or just us talking about it, but <laughs> there, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of people think there's a kind of, uh, there's almost this like uh, hazing you have to get through in order to make something. So if you, it's a, uh, you think you can just uh, make a, a movie or you think you can just uh, make music when you haven't like ever done it before or ever thought about it. And I think that I think that often the best things are made by people who don't know what they're doing because they don't have these uh, 
they don't have this kind of subconscious um, prere- prerequisite. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that that's really what I'm saying about uh, uh, get rid of your um, yeah your your preconceptions of, of housing supposed to be made and think of it like a fan as opposed to uh, identifying as a filmmaker or whatever the the yeah. type of artist is. It's it's uh, this kind of just thinking of yourself trying to communicate something um, divorced from the kind of cultural landscape of being an artist and just think about communicating that thing Definitely. and don't think about the other like weird shit that everyone thinks you're supposed to think about. Well, I think you're really right about creating in a vacuum uh, or at least ha- allowing some of the phases of the creation to be in a vacuum so right. so that they can That's like true. basically like have like this have a like birth the movie or the piece of art in the way that that in like the actual way that that means which is like for a while it is just you and this thing like feeding each other or whatever and so I feel like that is really helpful to define your actual voice yes, and define what you actually want to say and what you actually think and not just thinking about what this like, what other people, like this idea of other people, what they'll like, what they want from you, you know, like that, yeah. that's when you get into it's like what Peter was saying in the when you're looking at the stills of assholes I'm like is this why we made the movie yeah and to me like I think like if making art is like a cake like the the cake is making it and finishing it the icing is the rest of the stuff like getting into a festival or getting a release like that stuff is nice but it's not the it's not the it's not the large majority of why you're doing it like you built this Mm -hmm. thing like it's like you were saying like you have this level of pride with I'm a badass. Like I fucking made this thing. I'm ha- I'm proud of it, yeah. and I feel good about it. Like that's that's it to me. That's the whole fucking thing. I know. And like yeah. the world can either react to that and reward you for that or not. But that ultimately isn't what is as important as what you've already done. Like you did it. You fucking did it. You made yeah. a sick movie. <laughs> I think uh, th- that's what I meant by the kind of the the initial uh, visceral emotional reaction to something before you start to you know kind of think about it and take it apart. I think if you have something to say. Uh, and think about saying it. After you've uh, gotten to a certain point, you can start to think about the other kind of uh, necessary aspects of making it happen and the technical aspects and the whole like festival thing. Like that that comes at the last stage, like you were saying. It's like different stages. The first stage, that's what I mean by vacuum. It's you have something to say, you're trying to say it. That's all that should be in your head. Exactly. That's the fetal stage. Exactly. And I think you did that with the movie. Like I, I don't, like, the movie doesn't feel like it was, it's, like, festival bait or something. Because, like, oh, I can no, watch a movie not. a lot of times and I'm like, this movie's trying to get into this yes, thing. Yes, exactly, yeah. I sometimes, these, I have, like, had thoughts, like, damn, I really do sort of wish that I made a festival bait movie. Because, like, I think I could also do that well. You I know? don't think and the, I'm like, I don't think it's fulfilling though. Yeah, right. it's not. You can it's, see it on the people's faces who do it. I think yeah, they're just there for the right. Q and A. I think it's a huge problem with uh, and beyond just movies. Like uh, most, we talk uh, about it with music all the time. Exactly. There's there's things that are designed to project an air of classicness or uh, project an air of being emotional. They're not actually 
uh, emotional or engaging They're not risking anything, exactly. actually. I think you have to risk something exactly. in order for it to really be like... Yeah, like a lot of this A24 shit and like... Uh, yeah. You know, You're like definitely it. risking a lot with, with actors, which I think is its power and value. Yeah, yeah. There, I don't feel like there was... There's definitely... There's no... Um, I felt like there was no agenda in what it was trying to project. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, in, in that way. I don't think it was... Uh, trying to be received a certain way is what I mean. It just feels very personal. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just yeah. like, this is Betsy's stance on this, and it's beautiful. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do feel like this is how I win, basically. Like, I win. <laughs> <laughs> you won. This is how you won. Uh, do a sign-off. Well, this has been... I mean, this is a dream. As I said, this is a dream come true. I'm so happy to become... An ion pack girl. girl. <laughs> it was my time. I was so scared that I've been daydreaming about this moment forever <laughs> since you guys started. Oh my God. I so want to come we. back. So oh, we. absolutely. We definitely want more Betsy. Hell fucking yeah. Same. Okay. Uh, Betsy Brown. Actors by Betsy Brown. You'll see it soon. Sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peace. Uh, I really need to pee. All right, you already know. That was Betsy Brown from December 2020. It's crazy that she had not met Kaveh yet at this point. Wow, so true. Just wanted to say that. So true. That was before we even did the Kaveh episode. It was before everything. This was like B.I. before Ion. So true. This was the formative years. It was all new to us. We're still still little kids playing in the sandbox. Uh, All right. Go to patreon.com slash the Ion Pack for all of our other shit we're where, making this free because it's because it's insane heat it's a special film where we continue to go the fucking as always patreon.com slash the ion pack you already know you already know